Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carriker. We head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and it's time for Wednesdays with Wayno. Cardinal right-hander Adam Wainwright with us on 101 ESPN. Wayno, how you doing? Doing great, guys. How are y'all? Uh, I'm doing really well. Michelle's doing well. She's back. Hey, we want to start with this, Adam, because uh, here we are past Memorial Day. It's summertime, and it's important to find out how the Wainwright Garden is looking. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's finally coming along. Uh, the the heat snap that we've had recently has kind of perked up all the, the warmer weather plants. The cucumbers and the zucchini and the tomatoes are starting to really, really pop pretty good. And, and uh, my blackberries have shot up over the last two weeks. So uh, things are things are in the right they're in the right spot. You know, we uh, seem like we're a little behind where we normally are. Maybe uh, we had that kind of that late freeze right after the season started. Kind of set things back a little bit, but we're on we're on the right page. We're on the right page. Adam, I remember reading about your garden one time when you took some vegetables and you gifted them to a teammate, to Matt Carpenter, and he made some salsa out of those vegetables, and that worked out pretty well. Are you when once things start to bloom, are you giving any vegetables or fruit to teammates these days? Oh yeah, I'll bring in bags and bags of stuff this year. You know, I'll bring in some big old zucchinis and tons of tons of cucumbers. But what I what I love doing is uh, making pickles for the boys. You know, they they really like my they like Uncle Charlie's pickles. So uh, eventually, I'm going to brand them that way and try to sell them. Um, but we'll see. Very nice. We'll see how many people we can help with the uh, with the pickle sales. But uh, right now, I I bring some stuff in. I'll bring some tomatoes in. It, it's hard to beat a big a big old um, Cherokee purple or a a beefsteak sliced with a little salt and pepper on it. It's hard to beat that. Oh, yeah. Adam, if you were going to ask a player in the Cardinal Clubhouse to prepare a meal, a, a guy who's a really good cook or maybe even chef quality, who in that room has the ability to really cook well? Mm. Usually smart people are good cooks. Um <laughs> Brevia would have been an obvious answer, but he's gone. Mm-hmm. Bowman was a good cook, I know. Uh, that's a good question. Let me think about it. Uh, you know, I know who it would be. Yachty. Because I love Puerto Rican food, and uh, and they do it right over at his house for sure. Great. That sounds awesome. Well, you know, Shane Bieber went for Cleveland last night, and Randy and I were talking about how much we love watching him pitch. Is there a guy in the league, not a Cardinal, that you love to watch pitch, a guy that you just look at and you really admire his craft? Yeah, there's a couple guys that I'm going to give you. I mean, obviously, the obvious answer is the DeGrom. You know, those guys, DeGrom and Scherzer, those are the easy answers, right? Like, anytime they're pitching, I'm going to give you two 
guys, though, that are a little less known. Uh, one one guy's really pitching great this year, uh, Brandon Woodruff from the from the Brewers. You know, he he sits 97, 98 with his fastball, but he he throws sliders, changeups, mixes sinkers and, and four seamers, and pitches up and down and in and out. You know, he's not just heaving it up there. That's what I like watching is the guys who are actually pitching. Uh, but the other guy will say, I got to be his biggest fan. Um, the former Cardinal farmhand who's really become a number one caliber pitcher out there, Sandy Alcantara. He's just, uh, he's got such good stuff. You know, he believes in what he does out there now. He's throwing that really power sinker, 97, 98 sinker. Then he's mixing that disgusting changeup in with it, a little slider. But that, that changeup's maybe my favorite pitch in baseball. It's like 91 to 94, and it just drops off the table. Kind of reminds me, Oviedo's going to have a changeup like that in a, in a year or two when he really figures out how to use it. Hey, Adam, we, we see you talking to Oviedo in the dugout. We've talked about your conversations with him, how you've talked to him. We, when we're watching you talk to him in the dugout, what's a typical Adam Wainwright Johan Oviedo conversation about? Well, the other day he pitched four innings and he gave up two runs and he threw 65 pitches and he had to, we had to hit for him because we were having trouble scoring runs and we had bases loaded. And it was, a, it was just, you know, we had to do it. So it's one of the, that's one of the only bad things about the national league ball is for a starting pitcher, not being able to, you know, pitch three, three, maybe four more innings there. Um, but what I kept what I kept encouraging him with was he went out there and pumped strikes. He was ahead of batters. He was working ahead in the county. He was, he was getting strike one a lot. Going into that game, he had, it was like 42% or something on first pitch strikes. And the other day, he was at 82%. So he jumped 40% on his first pitch strikes, which is a tremendous number for a starting pitcher to have. He got eight. 82% first pitch strikes, you're going to be on the attack all day long. You're going to put the, the hitters on the defensive. But for a guy who's really struggled with walks this year, you know, that was a very encouraging sign. He went out there, he attacked, he got strikeouts. At one point, I think he struck out four or five people in a row. Uh, just got great stuff. But, we just, you know, he just has to learn how to, to use it, you know. And so I was just fired up for him in, in the fact that, all right, he gave up a home run, he gave up a two-out. They said another time to score run. Big whoop. You you pitched today. You gave us a great chance to win the game, and you were probably going to be in line to pitch six or seven innings had we scored a few more runs or, or whatever. So, you know, that's a big step for a young pitcher. So, I mean, even sometimes a, a, a young pitcher like Ovi or, or anybody will, will, will see the, the four innings and get discouraged where I just was, was reminding him that that was a great step in the process of becoming a pitcher and not just a thrower and that's a game you can build off of that's great adam i'm curious if that transcends to other things that that advice and that leadership so your team right now going through a bit of a rough patch not only not the results you want on the field but dealing with injuries really tough so after a game like sunday when you had 17 games in 17 days the team rallies back from a seven run deficit and you ultimately don't end up winning the game after in the clubhouse, what's that like? Take us behind the scenes. Does does Mike Schilt come out and say something to the team as a veteran voice? Are you there to encourage your teammates? What's that process look like? 
actually we had a an incredible meeting before the game. You know, it's been a grind. We we've we've uh, had a lot of games in a row. Can y'all hear me okay? Yeah, we got you. Yeah. Okay. It's it's raining hard. I'm I'm doing this through a speaker. Um, we had an incredible meeting before the game. It's been uh, it's been 17 games in a row we had without any off days. And you sprinkle in, all right, we don't have our center fielder. We don't have our shortstop. We've missed three of our six potential starters. You know, I mean, we've had a lot of injuries. And, and I know we're not the only ones, but that's a tough stretch. So, you know, it's easy to, to sit back and go, well, you know, we, we lost those games because we were missing some players and we played a lot of games in a row. Everybody's tired. And it's easy to go, you know, kind of make excuses for that being okay, where – Part of being a professional is grinding through those things. Part of being a professional is finding a way to win no matter what. And Matt Carpenter called a meeting before the game. And, you know, it's, it's awesome to see that because Matt's a guy who, who has, has led on the field and led in the clubhouse quietly but never been a, a call a meeting, stand on the chair, you know, fire up the boys kind of guy. That's never been Matt's style. But – what we saw out of him the other day was even a guy who's who's obviously not hitting like he wants to stand up and, and lead in a positive way. It's good to hear from position players every now and then, too, because a, a pitcher like me, I can stand up and, and yell and try to fire up the boys, you know, all the time. But sometimes you got to hear from the guys who are in the trenches every day. And Carp's been that guy for a long time. He knows what it looks like to win. He's, he's had some huge moments for us to post in. stood up and reminded us that, you know what? been tough but today whatever your role is go out there and find a way to help us win this game so we got down seven nothing really early in that game and i think without that meeting we had we would lose that game seven nothing but we came out and who who was the one Tyler O'Neill hit a home run but who was the one that really had the big knock with the base loaded matt carpenter bases clear and double or or two runs scoring double off the center field fence he goes, man, you can't give a speech and go up there and strike out. So I, it was a huge moment where we ended up coming tough game in the end. But we walked off that field knowing that we fought our tails off. And we came from seven runs back, which is almost impossible at a big league level. It just never happens. And we almost won that game, and, and, and we're probably in a really good spot to win that game at the end of the se- at the end of the game. So yeah, we lost. It hurt. It stunk. But we go, all right, we're back on track now. Even though that was a loss, that was a tough loss. We needed that game. We just got swept four games. We walked off that field feeling a lot better about where we were headed and where our mind was going forward. Hey, Wayno, you just made reminded me of a story of the big comeback in Washington in 2012 in the playoff game. And Was it you that got knocked out of that game? Thank you for reminding me, Randy. Yes, it was. <laughs> but it, was, it wasn't it Chris Carpenter and, walking up and down the dugout saying we're going to have an epic comeback? Chris Carpenter and Skip Schumacher never stopped believing the whole time. And them just constantly preaching into everybody's mind, everybody started believing it. You know, like it, all of a sudden the impossible made perfect sense. And that's, that's the way it goes sometimes, you know. I mean, we're, uh, we're all humans. We're all people. We're playing against a bunch of people, too. And, and, and sometimes you can, you can look out there and be like, wow, this team is, you know, playing better than us or we're losing by too much or whatever. But – Humans make mistakes. Humans give you chances. Humans, you know, have a leadoff walk. And all it takes is a little bit of spirit in your mind to think that, you know what, 
it all starts with that leadoff walk right there. It all, that's how it starts. Like, let's go, boy. And then, you know, everybody's like, wait, it does start with leadoff walk sometimes. Then all of a sudden, the impossible makes sense. So, things we were leading eight to nothing, if I'm not mistaken, one time going into the bottom of the ninth in Colorado. So, uh, it things happen sometimes, and uh, and you just gotta. You can never stop believing because as soon as you stop believing, that's when it stops being impossible. So we keep our minds sharp just in case. Just hearing you describe that, Adam, I just got really fired up. So I can imagine <laughs> what it's like in a, in a game scenario when the adrenaline's going. But I always love to ask you about the main topic around Major League Baseball. You always give us such insightful and thoughtful answers. And right now it seems like everyone is talking about foreign substances in baseball and how Major League Baseball wants to enforce this. And from the time that you started in the league until now, are guys using substances more or is it just something that, that we're now aware of? Because it seems like the way it's described is that this is baseball secret and that this has been going on for a long time. But as someone who's been in the league a long time, how has this ramped up or has it? No, I can tell you it's gotten worse uh, for sure since I've been in the league. And, and you know, there's always been uh, – guys who use a little bit of stuff because I, and I can tell you the balls now, this is the only thing I'm going to say in, in support of the pitchers who are using the really, really sticky stuff right now, but they're making the balls slicker than they've ever made them. And there's not even any doubt or question in anybody's mind about that. That's, that's one thing that needs to be talked about is whatever they're rubbing the balls up with the new mud or the new balls and how hard they are and how slick they are. You know, a couple of years ago, pitchers who have been pitching for a long time, we all started getting blisters on our hands and big blood blisters and, and breaking nails for the first time ever in our career. And it's because of they're making these balls a lot harder, and there's no denying it. There's no denying it. The seams are wound way tighter. It's much more harsh on the hand, a lot harder to get a good grip. So, you know, I think to combat that, people started using stuff. Unfortunately, they they went way above above uh the place they should have you know i mean if you're going to use a little bit of like sugar gum or some kind of stick a little bit that's like you know they sunscreen and rosin has been around for a hundred years you know pitchers have been using that and if you ask the players the position players position players would tell you they want the pitcher to have an idea where the ball is going they want especially with these slick balls they don't want to get hit in the head they don't want to get hit in the face and they don't want to get hit in the arms or whatever the pitcher needs to have a little bit of tack on that ball so whether that's making the balls tackier or rubbing them up better or whatever that is, there needs to be a uniform way to do that. Now, the guys who are using all these incredibly sticky substances that you're buying offline and making special serums and all kinds of stuff, that needs to get out of your game for sure. I mean, that's, uh, that's something that, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I experimented with a few years back, and uh, it just didn't work for me, honestly. You can tell, but you can tell now the guys – who are using it, they go to their glove every pitch. I mean, they're not hiding it. It's, it's not hard to see. So um, the, the, big, the big globs of junk that are on people's gloves and stuff, it's a problem. It needs to get sent out of the game. You know, it, it does. It just is uh, there's the, it's just too, it's just overboard. You know, the, at the game's finest moment, it's a competition between the pitcher and the hitter. And the hitter needs to have a little attack on the bat so he doesn't sling it into the stands. You know, a little whatever that is, pine tar or whatever, they, they got that on the on-deck circle. 
the pitcher needs to have a little tact too, in my opinion, um, but not not this crazy stuff that people are using. I mean, it's just, it's just way overboard. It's just too much. Wait, and one more thing before we talk about big league impact. Uh, after Gio had his hat taken away by Joe West, Mike Schilt went on a long rant after that final game in Chicago against the White Sox. Did you see or hear any of that? And if so, what was your reaction to it? Well, it's too bad because, you know, guys aren't putting stuff on their hats. I mean, that's, you know, that's not where guys have stuff. You can see it. It's in their gloves and whatnot. I mean, it's you're not going to stick a big glob of sticky stuff on your hat. Now, you will see on everybody's hat who, who adjusts their hat during a game, which I, if you watch me pitch, you'll never see me go to my arms. You'll never see me go to my glove. But you will see me adjust my hat. I like to have that that bend right around my eyebrows, man. I, I like to be able to barely see under my hat bill. It keeps me focused. So I'm constantly pulling down on that. And I have a little spot on there from the sun, from the, uh, from the rosin, from the sweat, all that sun coming down, and you go beats down on you, pitch a couple games sweating like that, you're going to have a spot on there because we're dirty. We play in the dirt for a living, Randy, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so you're going to have a little dirt spot. You're going to have a little dirt spot on there. There's just no denying it. Everybody's hat will have it. You know, you – you can remember, uh, who was it that had the disgusting hat? Steve Klein Steve had Klein. a disgusting hat. Who knows, who knows what was on that thing? And uh, we've had a couple pitchers that, you know, might have had some, I don't know what they had on there, but you just never see that anymore. I mean, in the last decade or 15 years, nobody I can recall has anything sticky on their hat at all. So when we, we got mad because there's just so many people who are glaringly, obviously, going to their glove to get this disgusting, you know, tar basically sticky stuff off their glove every single pitch and yet we got a guy run in who's got a dirt spot on their hat and they're going to take his hat that's a little crazy to me but you know i mean it needed to start somewhere so i mean if that's the if that's the uh the straw that broke the camel's back to get baseball you know back where it needs to be then that's fine everybody just needs to be competing at the same level you know and i think uh even some of the guys who are using the stuff the most have said that over the years. They've said it's you know it's all about everybody having a fair chance and equal opportunity out there. And you know some people having you know crazy serum baked up by scientists or whatever or ordered offline. That's probably going a little bit too overboard. Adam Wainwright, I love the creativity that you and your staff at Big League Impact use to to raise funds. The Uncle Charlie T-shirt. I have my order in by the way for my Uncle Charlie T-shirt and the trivia night coming up too. Yes, a couple big things to talk about. Yeah, we got the trivia night. Um, it's on July 9th. It's presented by Valley Sports Midwest, and uh, it's going to be five rounds of Zoom trivia. You know, we're going to have some questions asked by me and some other of my teammates. There's going to be a whiskey basket, autographed items. There's lots of giveaways, uh, raffle items, too. But you can, we, we're still taking people who want to join in with us. You've got to have ten people per team. Or you can have up to 10 people per team, sorry. Um, Goldie, Austin Dean, Tommy Edmond, they're going to be joining in also. But you can register for that at bigleagueimpact.org slash trivia slash night. So uh, that's how to sign up for that. And then we're, we're still, we're just, I know you just mentioned the shirts. We uh, partnered with Series 6, a local, a local uh, company here in St. Louis, for our June charity of the month. And so... Uh, they just made an incredibly comfortable T-shirt. It's got my ugly face on it. Um, but it's it's called the Uncle Charlie shirt. And uh, it's the Uncle Charlie Big League Impact shirt. You can 
you can go onto our website and see 100% of the proceeds from these shirt sales go directly to Big League Impact. We're going to be feeding people. We're going to be giving clean water, medicine, building houses, all kinds of crazy stuff. So we would love for everybody to go out and buy a shirt, even if it does have my ugly face on it, and uh, help us do some really cool things out in the world. Adam Wainwright, you're the best. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. Have fun in the start against Cleveland, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, thanks. Thank you, sir. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.